1: And the host of this show. Dawson Church, PhD, is an award winning author whose best selling book, The Genie in Your Genes, covers the link between emotions and genetics. He founded the National Institute for Integrative Healthcare to study and implement promising evidence based psychological and medical techniques. His groundbreaking research has been published in prestigious scientific journals, and he's a blogger for the Huffington Post. He shares how to apply the breakthroughs of energy psychology to health and athletic performance through EFT Universe, one of the largest alternative medicine sites on the web. His latest book, Mind to Matter, How Our Brain Shapes the World, is now available at hayhouse.com. And Carol, I know you teach this concept of creating your future with your mind in your intentional filmmaking class, right?
0: Yes, Claire. Uh, Many of our filmmakers have set their intentions and achieved them by working on their vision and their concept of what they want and focusing on it, but I'm excited to hear, Dawson, what you have to say about why that works and how it works, so thank you for joining us.
2: Oh, it's a great pleasure, and I love applying these concepts in mind-to-matter to to new fields of endeavor, and I must say I've never applied it to the whole idea of bringing a film to life before, so I'm so happy to be here.
0: Oh, you know, the key is, Dawson, it's an image. You see, they get a vision, they get a story, they meet a person, there's a life story there, They and they start visualizing what their film would look like. So their job yeah. is to bring it, their vision, into this reality. And it's exactly what you're talking about, what their mind sees making it into a piece of film.
2: Yeah, and that process of going from that mental construct, that mental image that you visualize or that you affirm into matter is an absolutely fascinating one. And I'd heard about that as a metaphysical uh, idea for for decades, that that your thoughts create reality. And the Buddha said that. uh, The Psalms in the Old Testament say that. There are Taoist and Confucian sources that say that. So it's been taught by spirituality teachers for many, many centuries. But what I was amazed to find as I was researching the book Mind Matter was that there is incredibly solid science behind every single step, every single link in that chain from thought to thing. We can show every piece of the puzzle scientifically. So that's, that's really the, the amazing breakthrough I think we are, we're at now. We can explain how this works in terms of, of research and solid conventional science
0: it's it's wonderful. This is a brilliant book, Dawson. Mind to matter. I have never seen so much scientific scientific information that supports personal stories. Some you tell in the book, and some I've seen in my real life. It's it's really what we know or we think works. But now, I mean, it's just page after page of, of experiments and success stories. So, um, And today what we wanna do is give our audience guidance on how to turn our thoughts into matter and how to create the future we want. So I wanted to start with the study showing that meditation changes the structure of the brain because we teach that meditation is a key to achieving better results with your intentions and reducing stress. So tell us what your studies show about meditation.
2: Yes, meditation is the key, and what meditation does is it changes both our states and then our traits. So when we meditate, things start to happen in our brain, and what I talk about in Mind to Matter, and I show lots of diagrams for is how it changes our brain waves, and that's based on hooking up hundreds of people over the years at various meditation retreats I do a lot of live workshops myself, so we often, for example, at a recent retreat, we had two uh, neuroscientists, one in each corner of the room, hooking up four people at a time throughout the whole weekend and actually measuring brain changes. And the changes are absolutely stunning. The, the one neuroscientist came to me at lunch break the first day and she said, Dawson, and I was looking at the brain waves of the people I, I had hooked up. And I saw a bigger amplitude of delta waves than i would ever seen before. I had actually zoomed my screen out to uh, an aspect ratio I don't normally use to capture all of the delta activity going on in, in their brains. And that delta wave is the wave that is most associated with mystical experiences, with cellular healing, with intuition And so those delta waves were were going so far out, she had to change her aspect ratio on her screen, which she'd never had to do before, as she'd measured anyone else. At at the workshop, she had to zoom out to capture all the delta people were making. And then she said, and that wasn't enough, I had to zoom out again. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so meditation that produces <laughs> profound changes in the way our brains process information that 's just the start of the story that 's just chapter one. and in, in chapter one of Mind and Matter, I talk about how it then actually changes our trace. our brains start to rewire themselves along those neural pathways and my star pupil, my star's story, my star case history, in chapter one of Mind the Matter, is a guy called Graham Phillips, and he went on an eight-week mindfulness journey. He went into a university and got his brain measured. He, they did a whole battery of tests on him in the psychology department. He got, they had MRI scans measuring the volume of each of the four lobes of his brain and each of the substructures in those four lobes, so they had a complete picture of his brain function and his brain volume. Uh, before he began his his, 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 his uh, meditation retreat, and so for eight weeks that he meditated he, he was mindful, and his his behavior began to change. He was a really kind of tough tough guy, he was a really uh, macho kind of individual he, uh, got, he, got, he got angry pretty easily he had episodes of road rage and and he wasn 't very very controlled and After two weeks of being mindful, his behavior began to change significantly. And when eight weeks later, they got him back into the lab and they measured his brain regions again, very carefully using this advanced MRI imaging equipment, they found, and this, this, this number, when I read this number, I was just stunned when I read this, this, this number at first, and then talk about that in chapter one to show you what can happen. But the emotional regulation part of his brain, it's called the dentate gyrus, the emotional regulation part of his brain, that hardware, neural hardware inside his midbrain, his limbic system, his dentate gyrus volume of neural tissue in eight weeks grew by twenty two point eight percent. That's a massive increase in, in neural hardware. Neural hardware based on the software of how you're running your mind, running your consciousness. So we are literally remodeling our brains as we practice techniques like meditation.
0: Wow! So it, it, this would allow you to. Um, Actually, to deal with stress easier, and, and when you said, uh, what, did it reduce his anger level where he could handle emotional situations better?
2: Way more. His family, his team members, uh, when he was on the road, all kinds of life stresses. When you have all of that hardware you then don't just have a good practice. Meditation is a good practice, and you feel better during it. And that's the that's state. You're putting yourself in a new state. But if you're actually building that hardware in your brain, then when you're faced with a challenge, like just for example, uh, it's November right now. Uh, October was the month we just had, had here. And last October, uh, my wife and I, in the middle of the night, 12.45 a.m., we, 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 we shook me awake. We looked at outside, and there was a firestorm just sweeping down the canyon we live in toward us. We had to literally run, grab our car keys, sprint to our car, and drive out through the flames. And uh, our house went up in, in, in smoke. Our our, our, uh, our office burned. The firefighters told us later on the fire was moving at the rate of a football field every every three seconds, and so we're just consuming oh. everything in its path. 5,300 homes were destroyed that night uh, in that, that fire. Uh, about 22 people lost their lives in the, in the fire, because the fire was just moving so fast people couldn't get out. We were one of the last people able to get out, out of that, that neighborhood. But again, we, and we were really you know, con, con, confused, we had PTSD, we were really, really, I mean the first few days were a nightmare, but we're meditators, and so after a couple of days, we sat down and we meditated, and suddenly, we began to make jokes about, where we, about our, our weird situation. I emailed our, our manager, because we have a big office building that used to be on the property. It was now just a, a mound, of, mound of ash. Uh, I emailed our, 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 the manager who runs the, 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 the operation. I said, Heather, we've had a goal for the last five years of having a paperless office, and guess what? We just <laughs> met that goal. So <laughs> here we are joking about the utter destruction of everything we own just a few days afterwards because we're resilient, and, and meditation gives you that ability to handle life's threats. So you know, do we have perfect lives? No. We have all the usual annoyances and ups and downs and problems, but when you build all that neuronal hardware, It's no longer a state you feel good in, it's a trait. It's resilience and you then are able to grow through life's challenges, not be be crushed by them. So it's powerful to start to implement these things, have that neural tissue in your mind, in your brain. When you then have a challenge, like a fire, like a bankruptcy, like a divorce, like just the stuff that happens in everyday life, you are one of those resilient people who isn't crushed by the event, who actually uses the event for this, this wonderful phrase called post-traumatic growth. So that, that's the promise of using these techniques in your life.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. Post-traumatic growth. Well, how on earth uh, did you find all of your files? Because, I mean, what's in this book is the most uh, fantastic collection of science to support Everything we've ever heard about mind to matter and how to get there was all of that on another hard drive. I hope somewhere.
2: Yes, thank goodness for backup systems because we went out and bought new computers like the next day, and plugged them in, and and the backups just. Backed everything up within 24 hours. We had absolutely everything back up again. But there were a few paper documents that were old, which we lost uh, completely. But nothing uh, terribly, you know, terribly important. And then you, know, you look, look back and there, there were some things that I lost, like I had some family heirlooms from the 1800s and 1700s and things I, I really liked. But, you know, we're alive, we're full of love, we're full of laughter, we're, we're happy, um, and we, we really used it as a chance to reimagine our lives and um, not go and, and create our, our, our old lives again. One of the weird things about insurance is we got this insurance payment for all of, all of our old, old stuff, but the, insurance, the way the insurance works is they pay you the full amount of it if you go and buy the same thing you had before. If you go out and buy the same Sears Kenmore refrigerator you had before, <laughs> they'll pay you. They'll pay you, you know, the cost yes. of buying a new fridge. But if you if you don't, if you decide not to replace it, they don't pay you much. They just kind of the garage sale price, whatever it is you lost. So the whole system is rigged to where you literally go out and buy the same brand of the same stuff you had before and after a couple of months of this my wife and I looked at each other one day and said we don't want to recreate our old lives exactly the way they were what a crazy idea let's create a fresh let's just start with a fresh palette so we had a lot of fun just doing new things and making new decisions and choosing new objects around us in our home and so yeah we turned it into a wonderful chance to leap to a new level.
0: This sounds great. Well, in the book, you talk about something that I really enjoyed hearing about, the marshmallow experiment and how this (laughs) helped.
2: (laughs) I love that experiment. It's so funny and fun, and it's been repeated in various forms since the 1970s. And Essentially, they uh, put kids, usually around five years old, in a room, and they put a marshmallow in front of them, and the experimenter says, okay, I'm going to leave the room for a few minutes now. When I come back, if you don't eat the marshmallow till I come back, I'll give you another marshmallow. Then you'll have two marshmallows. And so uh, one of the cool things about Mind to Matter is, you know, it's a book. It's a hard, hard, hardback, and there's an audiobook edition and a Kindle edition, but I can't do video in the book. So what I have at the end of each chapter is the extended place se- se- section of, of the book. And so it's a link to a website where I then give you um, resources, I give you links, I give you videos, all kinds of things I can't do in a book at the end of each chapter, practices to implement these in your, in your life. And including included in, in those is the marshmallow experiment video. So in the video, you see the five-year-old sitting there, has no one else in the room, and there's a, one marshmallow on a plate and like this one little boy, he does everything to distract himself. He's, he, like, pokes the marshmallow, then he <laughs> folds his arms, and then he sniffs the marshmallow, then he sits on his hands. <laughs> <laughs> but the moral of the story is that some kids ate the marshmallow, some kids had the emotional regulation not to eat the marshmallow, and when the researcher came back, they had a second marshmallow – Fast forward 30 years. 30 years later, those that had emotional self-regulation and didn't eat the marshmallow are making about $20,000 a year more, are healthier, have lower rates of heart disease, diabetes, cancer, other diseases, have happier, more stable, long-term marriages, uh, have better social networks, and by every metric researchers looked at, have a higher quality of life than those that ate the marshmallow. That is why that extra brain tissue doesn't just help you. The payoff isn't just today and tomorrow and this week. The payoff is a lifetime if you have that crucial ability of emotional self-regulation.
0: Wonderful. Thank you so much. Now, in your marvelous book, Mind to Matter, you have a section on creating from the inside out, and you say that you found what best-selling authors have in common is a focus on creation. Now, filmmakers have this same desire when they're making films, so how can they sharpen their focus on creation?
2: I am so lucky because I'm privileged those friends uh, or have worked with people like Neil Donald Walsh and um, Bruce Lipton and Jack Canfield who co-authored the Chicken Soup series and John Gray who wrote Men From Mars, Men From Venus and many many other people like that so I, I'm so lucky to to meet these people and know them personally and when you go and spend the night with at, at the home of one of these people or they, they stay here sometimes with us in our home um, we aren't watching TV. We aren't watching the ball game. We aren't watching the election results. We aren't um, reading the newspaper. We're talking about ideas. And what I find is these, these great creators, they are funneling information. And where they're funneling it from is so interesting. Um, I talk from chapter one in the book onward about non local mind and about how we, our, our brains are not originators of thought or consciousness any more than the device you're listening to this on is originating the program. You know, you, 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 you aren't there, Carol and Claire, inside uh, someone's smartphone. I'm not there. Uh, that smartphone, whatever they're listening on, that is just a device to capture the signal and then to manifest it locally for that person. Our brains, in the same way, are bringing in information from other realms and then and then translating it into a form in which it's manifest around us. And so uh, this idea comes from the great author Napoleon Hill, who wrote Think and Grow Rich. And he, he, said he, he, he said you can't solve problems by staying in the same state of consciousness in which the problems were created. You have to transcend that state and move into an advanced state of consciousness. And there you download these remarkable Synthesis of ideas and these solutions. So that's what great creators do. That's what the Jack Canfields do, and the John Grays do, and the Lisa Rankins, and the Marzi Shimoffs, and the Joan Barsenko's. They are literally pulling in information from these other realms that's, because we're friends, we're sparking each other with, with new ideas, and then all of these wonderful things are happening in the outside world around us. And what I really looked at in, in Mind to Matter, I was fascinated in Chapter 4, I talk about this. What is the difference between the people you know? So think about people in your world. And there are people who, if they plan to do something, if they have an intention, it's highly likely to manifest. And, again, I mentioned Jack Canfield earlier. If Jack has something on his vision board, if he has something on his affirmation cards, that thing is, is pretty likely to happen. But then we know people who say, well, I'm going to make a movie. I want to write a book. I want to write a memoir. I want to create this piece of artwork. And so they have all these wonderful visions they share with you and never manifest. And I really asked myself, what's the difference between the master manifestors and those that can't manifest no matter how big their visions are? And as I looked into the science behind this, I found there was a really interesting scientific answer to the difference between the master manifestor and the, uh, the visionary who can't manifest. And that is a concept I talk about in the book a lot called coherence. And coherence means when I hook that person up to an EEG and I measure their brain waves, and I have I have a lot of information in Chapter 2 especially about brain waves, what they are, how we measure them, what they mean. But when I hook that master manifester up to an EEG, they have highly coherent brain waves. Just think about, a say, a team of cheerleaders all marching in unison they're all moving their arms in unison and they're all moving their legs in unison and it's a beautiful display that's coherence if you just take the same group of people and have them move in random ways just bumping into each other and and moving all around the same area that's non-coherence and those people who have those visions and can't manifest they have non-coherent brainwaves, whereas those who are disciplined, those who are good at manifesting, they have highly coherent brainwaves. Their brainwaves are all like the cheerleading team moving in in sync. And that is the key physiological difference between the master manifester who says, it's my intention to bring this this forth. I, 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 I have a story, an outrageous story there from my friend Raymond Aaron, who is the, the author of Chicken Soup for... Uh, one of the Chicken Soup for the Soul books, Chicken Soup of the Parent Soul. And um, he, he, was a, he did a workshop on manifestation at one point, a live workshop, and he had people say what they wanted to have happen in their workshop, in the seven days of the workshop. So day one is saying to people, what would you like to see happen in the, in the workshop? And this one guy stands up and says, in the workshop, in the next seven days, I want to manifest a million dollars. And Raymond just groaned inside. He said, oh, what a ridiculous sight. How is this guy ever going to manifest a million dollars in, in a week? And, and the, guy, the guy had an unsuccessful company. He had a gene-splicing company. and we been trying to raise seed capital for it for a long time pretty unsuccessfully and has got, gone through his savings and blah, blah, blah. So uh, uh, Raymond was rolling his eyes mentally. And I tell this whole story in Mind to Matter. And um, then he sat down. And the next guy stands up, and he's now been infected by the guy next to him. he says, I want to manifest a million dollars, too. Now now Raymond's thinking, I I have two madmen in my workshop, two totally unrealistic (laughs) fools over here who are going to surely be dreadfully disappointed in the course of the week. So the the seventh day rolls by, and guy number one stands up and says, guess what? (laughs) I have more than a million dollars. And... Uh, This guy next to me over here, his father is an investment banker, and on day two of the workshop, he put me in touch with his father. I showed his father our business plan, my gene splicing company. His father got wildly excited as a venture capitalist offered to back us and raise $100 million for my business, okay? And then guy number two stands up and says, yes, and I get a 1% finder's fee,
0: (laughs) <laughs>
2: <laughs> and so he gets his
0: million. Oh my gosh! So So the book
2: is full of stories like that, and they're just, just remarkable stories of people who manifest health. One story, one about cancer. Uh, this is just this is you know, just 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 mind-boggling. Uh, last year in March, a friend of mine, her name is Beth. She's writing a story about a book about this. She she got a diagnosis of metastasized breast cancer. She had a two-inch solid tumor in her right breast, a big tumor, and a thermography scan showed she had all, all, the, all the lymph nodes under her right armpit were all inflamed and swollen, full of cancer cells, and that there were three spots of infection on her right lung. So here the, 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 the cancer is now traveling throughout the body you know, on her lymph nodes, through the lymph system, and this is a serious diagnosis, and she was being treated at, at a big well-known cancer hospital in Houston called MD Anderson, so, she, so there she is in the doctor's office. She gets this absolutely life crisis diagnosis of metastasized breast cancer. And the doctors said to her, Beth, normally I'd say make an appointment and let's get you into radiation for this tumor. But this is so serious. I don't want to make an appointment. I want you to walk from my office now straight to radiology for your first radiation treatment. Because it's that that. that big deal and Beth said you know I need time I need time to think about my treatment options I need time to work on myself so I'm going to delay treatment and look at my other options so she did and she began to do energy work she began to do energy medicine sessions she began to clear all the stress out of her life she she, she, she quit work she cleaned up her diet uh, she did qigong intensively she phoned me and she said, she was in a panic. She said, Dawson, I've had this gene test and the the gene chip showed that I have eight defective genes that predispose me for breast cancer. So she was all, all upset about her gene test. But again, we did energy work on her, energy treatments, and this is in March she gets the diagnosis. By May her thermography scan showed that her lymph nodes under her right arm were completely clear of those cancerous cells. And uh, the tumor had shrunk from two inches to about a half inch and was necrotic. In other words, it was dead tissue being removed by her body, which it was over the course of the next few weeks. And she then had blood tests and not a trace of cancer in Beth's body based on the energy that she had brought to bear on her diagnosis. And so intention, consciousness, awareness is incredibly powerful at shifting our minds our bodies our worlds our lives our relationships our money everything shifts when energy shifts
0: that is an incredible story. Everything shifts when our energy shifts. So it's, it starts with meditation. That's one thing that you need to do. Um, and now, you say in the book that the concept that mind creates matter is not a metaphysical proposition. It is a biological one, and you want to use your consciousness deliberately. And um, I love the story of, of Adeline. Now, uh, can you share that?
2: Adeline was also diagnosed with cervical cancer, and mm. she decided uh, this was in February of the year she was diagnosed, and uh, she pretty much just declined to get regular treatment, and just went home and said to herself, you know, I I've got this terminal diagnosis, and I'm just going to focus on quality of life for the last few months. She was given just a few months to live. And so she began to take long walks in the redwoods where she lived. She began to take long baths, and which she would lay in the bathtub, we now know that, 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 that doing this, we didn't know that then, but scientifically we now know that taking lo- those long baths is what's called grounding, where electrons flood up through your body, through the, the Earth, and they neutralize free radicals in your, in your body. So we, did, we, we, did, we know that now, we didn't know that then, but she, she was doing this many years ago, and so she was these long bobs and she was imagining that healing stars were just showering down through her body and they were little five-pointed stars like the ones on the u.s flag and her visualization was wherever one of those stars touched a cancer cell it was like pricking a balloon with a needle it just popped the cell and so she did this visualization every day. she took a long, long baths whenever the water got cold she 'd run some more hot water in in the bathtub and uh, she, she did this. She, she really focused on her diet as well and you, you find that people who who tackle cancer in these alternative ways do all of these things to support their health. So she did all of this, and uh, she then went back to the doctor a few months later again on a trace of cancer in her body and so i 'm not here i'm not in the book i 'm not saying. That's the right path for everybody. I I have friends who've elected for radiation and chemotherapy, but what they then do is they visualize and they do energy medicine and they do energy healing around their chemotherapy agents. If you take those chemotherapy drugs and you hold them in your hand, if they're in pill form, and you visualize them as healing you. I had a friend who did that, and she had no side effects whatsoever from the chemotherapy or radiation her hair didn't fall out she had no nausea none of the above but she did elect conventional therapy so for some people energy work is all they want or need others elect conventional therapy it's not the therapy that's the crucial thing it's the mindset. And so that's why the book is called Mind to Matter. You literally are creating molecules like DHEA and serotonin and dopamine and acetylcholine and and hormones, neurotransmitters, enzymes, you're creating all these things in your body purely by the activity of your mind.
0: Wow. Okay. So it, it's visualization. It's um, removing stress because we we have the ability to stop some of this stuff and give ourselves more time. I was, I think that filmmakers need more uh, creative time, more personal time for visualizing. Because um, I it, Fred Allen Wolf one time said that um, when you are daydreaming. It can be like a handshake across time where you, what you're daydreaming can happen, and I think it can, but it's you have to put that energy out just like the men, both men who wanted the million dollars within a week.
2: Yes, and you put the energy out, you have the visualization, you have those coherent brainwaves because you're meditating, and then uh, things start to happen in the world around you. And they happen in really mysterious ways. Uh, Some things that happened, like just one that happened to me very recently, actually, in the last couple of weeks, is for uh, a year or two, I've had this thought you know, I'd love to meet Tony Robbins. Uh, Never met Tony Robbins in person. And um, I just love to meet him, so I just had this thought drifting around my my head for a while, and did nothing about it at all. It just, just, just like a fun idea to meet Tony Robbins, and then I got an email in my inbox um, a few months ago saying Tony Robbins is doing a small group of his his uh, his closest partners in Abu Dhabi in in the Middle East. Um, would you like to fly there? Will expenses paid? And, and present with Tony. Oh, and oh, oh. it's like, whoa. <laughs> Tim <laughs> Ferriss. I wanted to be Tim Ferriss for for, for for a year or two. And I was teaching at Esalen this last weekend. And who walked by? But Tim Ferriss. So I jumped out of my car, and I ran up to him, introduced myself. We talked for a little while about meditation, about EFT tapping, which I also teach. And, uh, you know, it's it, it just Absolutely amazing how life just starts to bring these people to you in these magical ways. But again, you, you have to have the intention, you have to be clear, and you need to have those synchronous brain waves. You need to have those coherent brain waves, that coherent brain function. That is when the magic starts to happen.
0: Absolutely. Um, okay, so in the book, you say that when consciousness changes brain waves, change and so when consciousness changes then brain waves change so how do we get that consciousness to change i've got i'm with you on the meditating and the visualization and the focus on your future anything else you can add to that
2: in the book in those extended place sections at the end of each chapter i give people more than 30 practices they can do And so what I encourage them to do is to play around, experiment with them, and see which ones work for you. Because one size doesn't fit all. Some people, for example, yoga is really calming, and there's new research showing yoga is effective for conditions like PTSD. But for other people, they may like much more active form of exercise, like running or hiking, Walking in the woods, they may prefer qigong or tai chi or martial arts. So there's no one-size-fits-all. It's, it's experiment with things that shift your consciousness, reduce your stress, and then do them consistently and be really – what's the word for it? Um, I'm trying to think of a way to say this politely without sounding pejorative about stress, but um, I think I'll, I'll, I'll say it pejoratively. Be ruthless on your negative thinking. <laughs> Don't allow yourself – to have a negative thought. When I, when I'm in my live workshops, I teach many live meditation and, and EFT tapping workshops every year, Esalen and Kripalu and New York Open Center and 1440 Multiversity, all these places I teach. And um, I often hook people up to either an EEG or a heart coherence monitor where we monitor your level of heart coherence. So I'll have people sit, sit in the, the chair, hook them up to the machine, Measure their level of heart coherence, get them nice and relaxed, and then I'll. And so on this dashboard on my on my laptop that everyone can see, all of these buttons are green, and their heart rate, their heart rate variability, is is low. Their brains are in coherence. Their cortisol is low. Their stress hormones are down. Their neurotransmitters are beautifully balanced. Then I say, now think a negative thought. And I'm going to tell you, one thought is all it takes to turn all the lights on the dashboard red. They just think about whatever is bothering them. My, my thing that'll make my, my lights on my dashboard red: my email inbox. <laughs> <laughs> that'll, that'll do it for <laughs> me. I, 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 I'm just juggling a lot of balls. Usually, I have a nonprofit that treats veterans with with PTSD. I have a business, I have you know, a lot of, lot of stuff going on, I have books and so on. And so there's just a lot, a busy life there. And so that'll, 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 make, that'll make my dashboard turn red. But all of us have something. It could be your marriage, it could be your money, it could be your health, whatever it might be. And so one thought is going to do that, and you need to be ruthless about those thoughts. Abs- that thought is doing you no good. It's probably a useless thought. But I talk in the book, in Chapter 2 and 3 especially, I show you how your brain evolved to be so focused on the bad stuff because that's just how the brain evolved. The brain evolved to notice even one tiny little bad thing in the environment because 100,000 years ago, 500,000 years ago, if your ancestor was walking through the jungle and they missed that hungry tiger in the grass, they were dead. So the penalty for failing to spot the bad stuff in our whole evolutionary history has been that your genes get weeded out of the gene pool. Only, only those people with really active genes that make them pay attention to what's wrong around them, those people survive. And here we are, modern human beings, no tigers in the grass, no survival needs like of, that, of that order. And so we walk around finding fault with our bodies. My, my, daughter is, my daughter is over six feet tall, she's like me. She is so accomplished and so beautiful. And uh, yet, I, I was with her a few weeks back, and she was worried about a pimple. Now, I, I, on her face somewhere, I, I couldn't even see the pimple, but it, when she <laughs> looks in the mirror, all she can see is the pimple. I'm thinking, darling, you're, you're just this gorgeous human being, you're a fabulous person, you're so beautiful, and yet, yet you're just obsessed about the pimple. Because that's just the way our brains evolved, to look for the one tiny thing that might be the tiger in the grass. And that, that's what kept us alive. in in the past, and it's what keeps us miserable today. So you've absolutely got to notice those thoughts, and you've got to use EFT tapping, use meditation, you've got to let them go, because they're what drives your brain into incoherence, and makes your happiness go out the window. So that's, that's the essential challenge of modern humans, is we have a brain wired to the Paleolithic era, and we're living at a time when those threats don't exist, and if we Think those thoughts, they will drive our cortisol high, they'll drive our brains into non-coherence, and it'll make us miserable as well.
0: Okay. Oh, thank you so much. I noticed that you mentioned tapping several times, and why don't you explain to our audience what that is and how it works, if you can?
2: Yeah, there are over 100 clinical trials of emotional freedom techniques CFD tapping, and I've done quite a few. I've done studies showing that tapping reduces cortisol dramatically, that tapping affects our genome, that uh, an unpublished study I'm, I'm publishing uh, next year uh, showing that it literally affects the epigenetic markers on our DNA, um, as well as the genome itself, which genes are expressed, which genes are silenced. And tapping, what tapping is, is tapping is, is just tapping lightly with your fingertips on certain acupuncture points and there are uh, 14 meridians through which energy flows in the body, which can easily be measured with various instrumentation. And what EFT has you do is it has you think of the bad stuff. And while you're thinking of that negative event or that part of your life that isn't working, you then tap with your fingertips on these points. It's like doing acupuncture. It's like putting a needle in that point. It unblocks the energy. It starts to flow again, and you feel dramatically better. Like I was tapping with somebody just a couple of days ago. uh, actually on one of these shows, and um, we, we, had, we had them on video, so I could do the whole tapping routine with them, in a way which I can't on the radio. But on the video, uh, she thought about a bad thing that happened at her, at her workplace. Um, she began with a... Eight out of ten emotional upset after tapping for a few moments it went down to a four. After a little bit more tapping, maybe five minutes in total went down to a zero. And that's what happens with tapping. Tapping rapidly removes the stress around negative events and negative beliefs in our life.
0: Wow. So I have to check into that. That sounds really good. Um, now, tell us how uh, we can find your book, who's the uh, publisher, and how do we buy it, and more, and more about your seminars, That if you'd like. Sure.
2: Well, the publisher is Hay House, and I just love Hay House. I, I just have so enjoyed working with Hay House. I, was, I would really recommend Hay House to any author looking at, at, at a book. Hay House has just been a, a dream partner to work with. And so uh, it's on Amazon, it's on Barnes Noble, it's on all the independent bookstore sites, and uh, so you, you can get it there. It's also an audiobook and e- e-book forum, so Mind to Matter all over the place. But if you go to my website, which is mindtomatter.club, dot C-L-U-B, not dot com, but dot club, and, and buy it there, then you'll also get access to a bunch of free meditations, and a whole bunch of other resources as well. So uh, mindmatter.club, mindtomatter.club is the best place to get the book, but it's, it's everywhere. It's, it's been in the top, like, ten in neuroscience for ever since, ever since the day of its release, so it's been really doing well. Um, and, and touching people's lives, like I got an email from one lady called Tony Tomelson, and she gave us permission to use her, her real name. And uh, she said that she's a single mom, she's overwhelmed, and she... Try to meditate many times in in the past, has always failed. And when she sat down to meditate with the instructions from Mind to Matter, she said, Tony, you'll never do this. You'll fail as badly as you failed before as you try to meditate, this won't work. And she said, "As as I just follow the seven simple steps you have in the book, suddenly my heart cracked open, my eyes filled with tears, my body relaxed, and I was in that state I so wanted to be in. I will now meditate every day. And so literally thousands of people are now making that commitment to use these seven simple steps for meditation that I, I present in the book, and they're doing it every day because it feels so good and it's, it's so easy. So that's where you get the book. As far as workshops go, also on mindmatter.club, uh, you'll find a link saying live events. I'm doing live events in uh, Paris, France, in uh, Germany, Germany, in Denmark, in Portugal, uh, in on the east and west coasts of the U.S., uh, all over the place, all the big teaching institutions. Also, we have hundreds of certified practitioners, many of whom train as well, and so we have a lot of help for people who need help. And finally, we have a special project for veterans called the Veteran Stress Project. And uh, for many, many years, uh, EFT was not accepted or approved. Veterans Administration. So we had to get this help to veterans independent of the VA. And so um, through the Veterans Stress Project, uh, that link is also there at mindvetter.club. You can refer veterans there. If you are a veteran, you can go there and get free sessions. It's a wonderful, wonderful resource. We've now treated over 20,000 veterans in the last decade, and we worked with the VA. And last July, EFT was approved by the VA, so so now you can go into a VA hospital or VA Center, and get EFT as well. So uh, for a workshop, just go to mindbetter.club, click on live events, and you'll see where I am next, where our other trainers are. And really the treat is just to go there and sit, sit in the audience for, for a few days, learn these techniques. You'll literally feel yourself shift from the first morning, For the first time you tap, you will literally feel those stress hormones as they just drain out of your body. And all the pleasure hormones... Uh, start to pop instead.
0: Oh, my gosh, it just sounds wonderful. Thank you so much. Your book is a great document. It's just full of information. I think that you have to look at this like a compendium. It has everything in it, and uh, you can, you're going to use it as a reference book for the rest of your life, as far as I'm concerned. It is wonderful. And I, I really thank you for putting so much energy in the book. How on earth did you do all this research and write the book? must have taken years.
2: You know, uh, it, 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 it was written in just a, a few short weeks, even though it's so full of research. Um, I I was just guided, I, I was, and with synchronicity. Like, uh, just one little example. Uh, the, near the end of the book, Chapter 6, I'm talking about synchronicity and about these huge geological events that happen in the Earth. So the, Earth, the our planet itself is a big magnet. You use a compass to find the North Pole, the South Pole. And the Earth has a big magnetic field, and that magnetic field is affected by the solar wind. So these particles stream from the sun at about two million miles an hour. They interact with the Earth's field, and there's this really interesting set of waves that um, geologists study. And so I wanted to know more about this. And these are called the field line resonances, and it's a very rarefied uh, uh, field part of part of science, the field line resonances. So. I uh, was due to speak at a conference, and um, I went to the conference, and I was on a science panel, and I discovered I was seated next to the world's foremost expert on field line resonances (laughs) the week I was working on that chapter. And the whole book unfolded synchronously like that. I just met the people I was meant to meet. Uh, Colleagues emailed me the scientific articles that filled in the blanks. Um, I was staying with a friend who's the head of a foundation. He happened to have two keynote presentations he was making that became the basis of two of the chapters in the book, and he gave me all the references, all the artwork, all the structure. It, it was just absolutely astonishing how the book just came together in a magical way like that. So, you know, your movie can do the same thing, your life can do the same thing, your relationship life, money, all of these things, it's possible. For this to happen, but you have to be in that coherent state, and then you just attract magic to you.
0: In the coherent state. Thank you so much, Mr. Church. I mean, Dawson Church, you've done a fabulous job with this book and with all of your information. And I look forward to getting on your website, mind to matter dot club. So, Claire, I'm sure you're going to be on there as fast as I am, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes,
1: indeed. <laughs> oh,
2: thank you. Thank you so much. Yes.
0: We really appreciate the time you took to share this information. And I'm sure that people are going to just be able to change their lives for the better from your book, no doubt about it.
2: We've, we Email has been pouring in since... Uh, the book came out there, and uh, people telling us that they, they've shifted chronic diseases, they've had radical turnarounds in their financial situation, or their jobs, or, or their marriages as they've been practicing these tools. And, they, and I, I love inspiring people, but I really want to give them actual practical tools. So the book is is, is packed with those 30 practices, and that's the main thing. You can't just read a book like this and be inspired. You absolutely have to meditate and tap and do the other things, and then apply these in your life, and then that's when the brain changes happen, the body changes happen, and everything else starts to shift. I will just say one other thing too, which I I hadn't thought of. Like i I'd I'd talked would to the two of you today, that um, I would love to have somebody make a mini series out of this book. So I don't know how how when that's going to happen, but now this this book is a seven part or twelve part mini series waiting to happen. Oh,
1: you're absolutely so right. So that is your in. Yes, and that's your <laughs> intention that you're putting out. That <laughs> is, yeah. Much. <laughs> right.
2: Well, we have to
0: connect you with the right filmmaker that will see that same vision and help you do it. That's what it's all about. Okay. Well, we really thank you for the time you gave us and the information, and and uh, best of luck to you.
2: Blessings, and to you too. Thanks again. Okay.
0: okay. Thank Bye. you. Bye for
1: now. Be well. Thank you. Yes. You too. Bye. Bye. And to our listeners, I want to tell you how grateful we are for the donations that you've given at FromTheHeartProductions.com to support our podcast. And Carol and I sincerely thank you. We'd love to hear from you with ideas for more shows. So share some of the topics that you would like covered. Um, who would you like interviewed? Um, open, we're, we're wide open for your feedback. So we would love to hear from you. Let us know successful crowdfunding how to ask for music rights and what insurance you can't shoot without available on amazon under carol dean and at fromtheheartproductions.com